0: Fucking
1: backward Talk it, talk it, talk in their movies, 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 the time we shut up, I do it all I do it a one. I do it a one. I do it a one. I do, it a one. I do it a one. Bam. What is happening, party people, and welcome to another episode of Talking During Movies. And joining me today is one of the founders. Of nomadic beer works absolutely fantastic beer out of Austin Texas and we are gonna we're gonna talk over Austin Powers if you want to queue up your movie folks 40 seconds in you got that beautiful cat and dr. evil somewhere out in the middle of nowhere well we are here we are talking over oh. Wolf, Austin Powers nomadic beer works this is gonna be fun we're gonna talk about the brewery we're gonna talk about Austin We're going to talk about saving the beer scene a little bit here in Texas. Obviously, we will hit on the movie, have some fun quotes, and we're going to learn more about uh, the history behind this um, dynamic brother duo. So to kick us off, if you would, sir, please tell everyone on the social channels, because I'll forget. We'll start talking about stuff. I'll be a mess. Where can they find you guys on social? What's going You personally, anything, what are we going after?
0: Cool, all right, yeah, so this is uh, Dan Tyransky, one of the founding brothers here at Nomadic Beer Works. Um, You can find us everywhere from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, soon to be TikTok, haven't posted a video yet, but at least we got that name reserved. Uh, (laughs) And uh, we also have a uh, email news blast uh, that we put out where you can subscribe on our website, so awesome awesome i am uh so you guys how long no matter how long have you guys been
1: around what's been going on i mean you start to tell the story i kind of cut you off because i wanted to hear it from the jump you and your brother are 19. yeah and like every young 19 year old it's like i like beer it's like do we- you like beer <laughs> we should start a bar yeah you know? yeah exactly
0: <laughs> let's do this come on now. so yeah we were we were 19 we were hiking in colorado and my brother just picked up home brewing, and I just started studying sales and marketing. And so he was like, hey, "I can make beer." I like, well, I can certainly sell some beer. I was like, "Let's do this thing. We should start a bar one day." Um, but we, you know, continued onward with our professional careers. We went to college, and he actually um, ended up working for a lot of the large production breweries um, when he was out of college. He got his start in the Bay Area in San Francisco, working for 21st Amendment, uh, then a startup brewery there, and then eventually he transitioned and started working for High Sign here in Austin. Uh, Oh, I like High Sign. Those are good kids. Yeah, yeah. Good 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 beer. Good good beer. uh, Fun labels. The Wooderson's a great IPA, so that's, that's always fun. Um, and then I kind of went on the professional route after college uh, for several years. I was working in Detroit for General Motors. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. and then I worked for a tech company in San Diego. And then finally, him and I both had a conversation one day and we said, are you really happy with what you're doing? And, and both of us just decided if we were gonna go for this and actually pursue the dream we talked about and had been talking about for years, well, it, was, it was game time, you know? We weren't married, we didn't own a house, we didn't have anything really tying us back. And so we said, okay, Let's figure out where we want to start a brewery, let's figure out how we're going to make this happen. So we sat down and over the course of a year we developed a business plan and then we got off to the races. So Nomadic Beer Works officially uh, was created, I guess, when we signed our lease back in July of 18. And then we opened our doors to the public May of 19 after a pretty long build out where we actually took part in all of the construction here. We actually painted all the walls, I built all the fixtures, my brother plumbed in all the brew tanks. Uh, I
1: mean, you guys are like, it's like Austin Powers or like an Eddie Murphy movie, where you've got two of you running 20 different jobs. They're acting 20 different characters. You're running 20 different jobs to get this started, which is smart. Yeah. Because if the person who plums the lines, right, if you don't know that person and something goes wrong, you gotta call that person or then another plumber comes out and they're like, Oh they did this wrong, you gotta rework this. Now you just gotta look at your brother and go, I suggest you get your work gloves on, channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, that's looking a little leaky over
0: there. little <laughs> oh, oh, drip drip yeah. is just happening. Come on, that up. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly uh but it was fun you know it was, uh we we always joke around and say like we basically you know we went to school but really what built this place was youtube university it's like anytime we had any questions about anything we watched about five or six different youtube videos where one guy says you know you should really do this one thing and then the next video you watch the guy goes you absolutely shouldn't do that yes like, okay i'm gonna need a third opinion or a fourth or a fifth and then we went from there
1: i mean I, and i god bless you for Waging the war of going through the YouTube videos because if there's one thing I dislike about the educational YouTube videos, it always starts with, Hi, my name's Tom, and I'm out here in Kentucky, and I, the, the grass is nice, and the sun's nice, and I hear you're, you're looking here to do something with <laughs> your Audacity. Well, Audacity is a fun program, and I've enjoyed it. I'm are here like, Hey, can yeah, we yeah. get to it? I got a problem. <laughs> can we get to the point where you solve my problem? I don't care who you are, I don't care where you live, I don't care if you enjoyed this program or not. Mm-hmm. You said you have an answer to a problem. Let's nip this in this eight minute video, 30 seconds long. Yeah. Let's nip in the butt champ, come on. All
0: I need is a a, a zoomed in shot of what you're doing and a quick explanation of how you got there. Come on, We're off. Yeah, yeah, but you gotta hear their life story. You run across some really interesting characters when you're on YouTube. It is phenomenal. Have you thought of inviting
1: some of the influential people out here to have a beer that didn't know they helped you? Like the big ones where you're like, oh shit, we couldn't have, this could have cost us thousands of dollars. But Sally over on YouTube really saved us.
0: <laughs> I haven't done that, however, I do have this lady that I do want to invite out to the brewery. So, uh, we actually- Jennifer our, Aniston? Our bar facade, I wish, <laughs> <laughs> that it's not a direct line. Uh, but no we tiled our bar facade with the reclaimed cedar pickets um and so we were salvaging a lot of building material here uh, in order to actually build this place kind of cost effectively sure and so there was this lady who posted online she said hey i tore down my fence there's a bunch of eight foot sections of fence here if anyone wants to come by and these for free come by and get them and so I grabbed them and I picked them up and I I dropped a pin and I screenshotted that address and I always thought it'd be fun to swing by the house someday and either drop off some beers or go hey my name's Dan I want to personally invite you to my brewery I want to show you where your fence is now yeah and uh, you know invite her in and, and show her a good time and, and tell her how important it is to you know have access to materials like that and so See, that's that marketing side
1: of your brain though that's so beautiful because be so fun. how many people do that
0: right nobody. I mean, that,
1: nobody nobody does stuff like that and those access points are are absolutely crucial by the way real quick folks yeah you're gonna hear you're gonna hear some background noise so I, we're not doing zoom in this post-covid era we are braving the storm we understand what's going on and we are um we are being socially smart and then distancing and, and all of that but we're also We're doing this live from the brewery. I wanna make that clear because they're gonna hear some background noises up. And usually, so this podcast started at Dirty Bills. Leslie and crew invited us in, record here. We were able to swing some famous people in and do some fun stuff and have a good time. And then it just, I mean, that's a late night bar. Mm -hmm. And poor Leslie is going to bed at four in the morning. And then, you know, I'm at the Dirty Bills door at 10 a.m. Hey, I wanna set up, you know? She's like, fuck, just the worst, Jason. Come on, man, let me, let me get some rest. And so we moved to Dive Bar on 1703 Guadalupe and then of course COVID came and um, dive bars officially shut down and during of course all of this COVID stuff we're doing a lot during Zoom so it's fun to get out the boards up you know the computer's going the movie's playing there's background noises oh yeah because you read some of the reviews and there are people and there's like a cool concept you shut those people up in the background I'm like no man this is What's part of it yeah you're at a bar you're at a bar The, the brewery's working there's shit happening this is the beautiful part of beer yes <laughs> the making and consumption all in one location That's true so I'll get some fun comments We're like well, where was it that nomadic the address will be tagged don't you work yeah don't and you hopefully
0: worry. and hopefully it will be open soon uh, so right now yeah. we're just operating and you're just beer fashion, to go right so beer to go we're crawling up cans and mm-hmm. we're filling growlers but we just put in all the permitting to the tabc to reopen our interior and our patio and uh well i think within the next couple of weeks we're actually coming to be able to reopen wow uh, for yeah. sure
1: the patio though shouldn't it be right i mean you would think that
0: because it's outside and there's the vitamin d thing and the sunshine and yeah you would think that that was okay and for a while it was and then all of a sudden actually it was really funny uh well not funny, kind of sad, but you know, the the, the, amount, relative these the, days. Amount, yeah, the amount of flip-flops that occurred during all of this regulation uh, was almost comical because they would tell us, okay, you can open your patios. And then five days later, TABC would go, okay, patios are shut down again. Yeah, And then they'd go, oh, you know what, actually, you can open them again. And then, okay, no, actually, we're shutting everybody back down. I know they're doing their best, um, but it's it's almost funny that we had to plan in the fact that most of the things that were happening weren't going to be long and uh, so we had to adjust to that. And the sure. most recent one shut down patios and interiors of all bars in the city of Austin, which yep. breweries get lumped into. But we just introduced a food program. We're officially reclassifying <laughs> as a brew pub with a restaurant, Excellent. so that allows us to reopen. So in addition to serving nice. beer, we're now making panini sandwiches in the back and uh, we got a full kitchen here on site. So now we have food and beer, not just beer. So it's a win-win. So you're, you're at that win-win.
1: Yeah. It's such a weird thing. The, you know, I mean, obviously the lack of communication, the breakdown has been hard on everybody. For us, even consumers, right? Because consumers get confused. Right. And then, like you come over, and you're like, I'm ready, and there's like, No, I'm sorry, that was yesterday. Today's different. And he's like, Mother, come. So, but the people that put a smile on their face, like you did, saying it, and we're, like, we're just gonna, we're gonna pace through this and get through this. I wonder what the fall is gonna look like for beer. And what I mean by that is, is. Usually the fall is tailgates, lots of beer being given away, uh, a lot of food drive stuff happening, September, October. I mean, we, we like our neighborhood, we we did 9,000 plus meals last last year in October. Yeah. My buddy owns a restaurant, he gives us the brats. We work at different breweries, the brewery will give us a keg of beer. Free beer, free brats, you bring every bit of cash donation that comes in, every cent goes to the food bank. Oh, wow. And then we walk in, drop off this bag of money. The lady knows us. They've been doing it for seven years. she's like, hi, Jason. And then someone will be like, do you want your picture? And she's like, he doesn't want his picture. No one wants anything done. just want to give us the money and leave. And, you know, the bag is just a brown paper bag. It's got grease stains on it. It smells like brats and beer. It's chaos. But it's beautiful, fun chaos. And I'm concerned for the food bank and those charities that raise money for them because... Everyone's been hurt by this.
0: Right. Yeah, and it does tighten things up a little bit, you know, for for the companies and the places that would donate product and and give that away because they want to be a part of the community. It's like you can only give so much as you have access. And if you don't have any access, like all these companies are are dealing with these hard times. How much access do they have to, you know, give out? Essentially. And so hopefully yeah. that doesn't change things, you know, and hopefully you still get that keg of beer and hopefully you still get to serve up brats and everyone gets to get together. I mean, we'll just this write a check issue. year.
1: We'll just write a check well, this year. And I'll do it to here. go, right? I Perfect. mean, i just, as I don't care. You
0: should I, probably just like set up a, a to go window where people can pull by, can of beer, a bra yep. in a bag, boom, they swing on by, drive through style.
1: I mean, I want to do it, I'd do it, you know, with you guys. It was like, hey, one of those little cannon things that spin down, right? Yeah. I'll buy a keg, you let me borrow one of those. People drive by, they get their brat, they get their can of beer. Don't drink it in the car, <laughs> asshole, please. I know. Austin Powers is going on these very, very folks. No, sorry. It's, it. it's the
0: point where Austin is strapped up to the machine, he's going, you know, I'm having trouble controlling the volume of <laughs> my voice. <laughs> so good, Guess me every time. This is now, you chose this movie.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of hard left <laughs> turns in this podcast. People get so, they're like, you guys were on something and then Jason or the guest looked at the screen and fuck, what yeah. happened? So what, what, what
0: is, what is about this movie that captivates you? Oh man, this is Mike Myers in his prime. This is this, this is the best is. of him. He's coming off of Wayne's World. Uh, you know, he was recently discovered, and you know, he he was creating this character, and uh, it's it's just amazing. I think uh, so. I actually first watched this movie uh, with my dad at a uh, a cabin up in northern Michigan. I'm originally from Michigan. Okay. And uh, we were doing a. Uh, like a guys weekend essentially it was my dad and my uncles and all the cousins and uh we were hanging out and my my dad put this on and uh, all of us kids were laughing at some of the more like you know simple jokes we didn't really understand all <laughs> that was going on in this you know we were like, oh that's a funny oh, looking yeah. guy uh later our grandmother was furious that the guys let all of us kids watch this because i was only i must have only been like eight or so oh nine, so you're 10. also that, so that, you know kid. the li-
1: you also have the liberty to tell these jokes that you don't get yeah, that adults are laughing, and you're like, "I'm making adults laugh." Right? Yeah, and I,
0: I don't know why this is funny. Yeah, they're hey, loving it. They're eating it up. <laughs> that's not room right now. Oh man, but it's great. You know, it's, it's groundbreaking, and it hadn't been played to death. You know, unfortunately, by the third one of these, I was like, "Okay, enough of the same recycled jokes." But this was just—I mean, it was perfect. It, that's true, and uh, arguably, uh,
1: Elizabeth Hurley looks better today than she did back then. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, folks, but not. if you do, she has abs still, and every picture is her in a bikini smiling. No shit, if I looked like Elizabeth Hurley, I would just be smiling every day too. Yeah. <laughs> but she's just like, I'm in a bikini in another tropical location, I don't know if you
0: recognize me, I'm Elizabeth Hurley. And I'm nice, like, and you're like, yep. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and, that's, and you have so many followers, that makes sense. So <laughs> could, could
1: Mike Myers, could he have been, or maybe he still can be, uh, your generation's Robin Williams. It seemed like he was on track for that with the crazy voices and... Yeah. You know, and then he started to do some serious roles and they're like, shit, this guy can act.
0: Right. You know, I don't... I don't know. I think he is... He could have the potential, but he's got to kind of go out of hiding. I think for a while there, he was he was pegged in, he was playing the voice of Shrek for like ten and a half movies or something, yeah, I mean, that sure, was just, just an insane just amount. Mailbox money, right? He's oh, just like, yeah. oh, here comes another check, And <laughs> he's just voice in Shrek, and so he kind of fell off, but I did see rumors that there is a potential Austin Powers 4 in the making. It's oh. been ten years since the last one was made. I was researching after I looked up you know that we're gonna be doing this movie yeah I was like I want to know what's going on what's up with Mike Myers and what's going on with Austin Powers but apparently there are rumors that Mike and whoever the director is are Mm -hmm. actually working right now and trying to figure out if they can get a fourth Austin Powers made I thought after the third one I'd be tired of it I could not be more excited if they were to drop a fourth one I I think it'd be great
1: I would love it if they dropped one Obviously, it's not going to happen, but if they could make it, get it in, out, and done yeah. so that it launched on election weekend, like on that time when you knew who was going to like whoever, because, and they're just rolling the dice. Yeah. I, I want studios to make a big investment, and I want it to be a 50-50 win-lose. Like You're just assuming Trump's president or Biden's president, and then you make that movie. They cast the movie with that person in yeah. there. And then if that person is president still, <laughs> great. If they're not... Mike Myers just opens up the film and he's like, so we gambled and we lost. However, still super funny, and look at what you could have missed out on for four years of, okay? Yeah. Right, and then just play the film. Just go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, the dance routines, the, there is, the amount of, of orchestration that comes into this film that's different Right. From any
0: other film yeah the trend yeah those those orchestrated dance cuts in between like location changes yeah it's awesome it's awesome it's so much work though too it is what's low-key awesome about this movie though is you know this was almost before you even recognize like Will Ferrell yeah in there Mufasa and like a bunch of other people it's uh, it's pretty great what do you
1: think about this world
0: of that we're
1: in now Less, uh, less original content, more remakes. So I just read, they're going to redo Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Kevin Hart and Chris Rock. Not saying it's not going to be funny, just saying it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I don't know how you make the relationship better than what Steve Martin and John Candy did in
0: arguably one of the best holiday films of all time. Yeah, oh, that's that's a really good one I, I don't know, I think it's kind of tough though, you know, comedy is in a rough spot right now I think they they used to get, be able to get away with a lot of interesting generalizations and poke sure. fun at them but I think nowadays it's very tough to to put out a comedy that's not going to offend somebody mm-hmm. um, but I think Kevin Hart and Chris Rock, I mean, I'd love to see them on screen regardless, sure. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Can they throw Eddie Murphy in the mix though then too? <laughs> I don't know. I mean that would be great. I would
1: love it if they throw a Tesla in there just so that they run out of battery. <laughs> right And then there's like some old lady going you can plug it into my wall yeah. and, you know I just I want to see him blow the house up trying to plug a Tesla in like right I have some ideas Then I got there some could be some
0: adaptions. yeah you know but that's what they say though is there's only like they say there's only like five or six stories yep. right in all of, of movies Horror, it's just thriller,
1: Western comedy drama right and then underneath that then you have western you have then 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 you have spaghetti westerns and romance and romance can be a thriller it could be a drama right it yeah. can be
0: parodies they can be serious takes on it but the idea is the framework of a story is there's the up and the down or there's a split of the two characters and then the reconvergence and understanding and there's yep. all this stuff so it's all a little formulaic but uh I, I would like to see some more new stuff i think studios are just getting a little bit lazy because they don't want to put anything out there and risk it they'd rather stick to the script let's see another avengers film and yeah. let's just keep the money rolling in
1: and it's crazy though because if you look at the wins on big money movies right right versus the wins on low budget movies when you look at that those dollars uh all right this 20 of these low budget million dollar films one hit it but it made 400 million dollars and it costs a million bucks yeah we have 10 Avengers-style movies. One makes it, but all of them cost us $400 million to make. Right. So you spent $4 billion to get $4 billion. You spent $20 million to get $400 million. I don't know who doesn't know how to do math in Hollywood, but I'm like, why wouldn't you focus more on risky, smaller, independent films that when they hit, they hit it out of the park? Right. Blair Witch Project was two hundred grand oh it was nothing it was nothing it made 400 million dollars
0: yeah I think I think it's happening though in film a little bit and I think that maybe just the old studios are having an issue adapting and I was listening to a podcast by I think it was Dax Shepard uh, his, his podcast or whatever I'm chair expert and uh He was talking about it, and he made up a really good point. He says, yeah, of course all these action movies are great successes. Their budgets are ten times what the comedy movies are, and then their promotional budget is ten times as many. So they're getting that movie in front of a million more people's eyes every day. Of course more people are going to show up. He says, you know, comedies aren't dead. They're just underfunded, I think. Uh, That's a good point. You know, they're just not given the same resources. Because
1: comedy clubs before COVID were at an all-time high. Yeah. They were at an all-time high. So Success of comics. Yeah. Right? All-time high. I mean, Rogan just got a hundred million dollars. Welcome to Austin, Texas, Joe Rogan. Yeah, Don't be afraid Joe. to come down to a nomadic. I'd pour Grab him. Can we pour him a beer? Joe's Joe. beer. Joe!
0: Come on, son! Joe. Come on down. <laughs> come on. You come down, we'll get Elon Musk here. Get get uh, Marshall. You gotta bring Marshall the dog down. Alright, he'll get some <laughs> pictures of some beers. Come on. It's perfect. Everyone's headed here anyway.
1: That's what that's what I want. I want to throw a curveball to it. Rogan and team yeah and do some marketing but i want to know what it cost to have marshall his golden retriever as my model not him it's like i did this with uh when just I, his dog just his dog deer deck when he had his uh, bulldogs he had his oh, white
0: bulldogs oh uh meaty and yeah. something else
1: yeah i reached out to him because i was doing stuff for body glove and we had, a, we had uh, myself and a buddy had created the pet line for body glove
0: okay and so I reached out is to Deer Deck. Yeah, this is real. Okay. So I reached
1: out to uh, Rob and his team, because <laughs> I had a friend who knew him personally very well. Yeah. So I got a hold of his attorney. His attorney's like, Well, Rob's gonna be like, you know, four million dollars and it's gonna be this and you get this many appearances. I'm like, no, 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 I want the dogs. The guy's like, What? I'm like, I want the two dogs that Yeah. definitely can't swim. All right, I want two bulldogs that get near water and drowned. Like those that we got that right over there. Yeah. I want them to model body look. And the only thing I want to see of Deer Deck is from the knees down. I don't even have to see that. Yeah, it could be a deer deer deck from the knees down look alike. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Put his shoes and jeans on. Call a day. Well, then it went to hundred grand. I was like hundred grand for a year of promos. Those dogs have to show up to like ten events. You gotta you gotta ship them there. You gotta fly them there. Drive them there. Whatever. Of course these fucking dogs want private jets. I'm like, of course the dogs want private jets. I mean, come on. It, it ballooned up to about three hundred and fifty grand for the year. Oh wow. But still, compared to four million, stop. I mean, it was night and day and this was during his height did you get it uh, Body Glove did didn't pull the trigger no they no. decided not to um, there was there's a weird licensing structure of where the parent company is that actually creates the products yeah to them where Body Glove decides I'll put my name on these things Interesting. and then we'll sell it through you but we're like you're licensing you're wise, our name logo, however usage. we still want to be a part of it so then you got like the older body glove brother that's still alive it's like 80 who goes i want to go on cnbc and talk about this i'm like you're my guy of course so yeah. i am at jane wells's house in thousand Oaks. she's an on-air reporter for cnbc she's got a pool and she's got four dog neighborhood dogs there and we're taking the different toys and throwing them in the pool and filming the dogs going in after them and tearing them apart and then they've got the dog footies and then there's the life preserver vest and All of this crap. And then he went and talked. He didn't talk one thing about the pet line. (laughs) He had one and a half minutes on CNBC. Oh, wow. And he
0: talked about how he likes to search. He had an old man moment. Oh, he got to reminisce a little bit. He reached way, 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 way back in the old memories. He went back a little too far. That's funny. If there is, so St. Ide's (laughs) malt liquor,
1: there on the beautiful jet. St. Ide's malt liquor uh, is. was made famous because of Boys in the Hood. Okay, yeah. So the guy who created, um, uh, what is it? It was um, not St. Ides, uh, what's the, uh, Old English. The gentleman who created Old English, Yeah. he was actually giving money to Boys in the Hood and free boots. And Ice Cube said no, or was it Ice Tea? Ice Tea said no, yeah. we drink St. Ides. It's 99 cents, yours is a dollar twenty-nine. St. Yeah. So they call Mine It. Wessinger and he gives them and I mean St. Ides was gonna go out of business if it, was on, it wasn't tank it was turning up it was actually turning down his dad owns Old English so there's like this family competition he brings in all this St. Ives. he's like give them everything we're going out of business anyway give them everything they're drinking it on set they're going through ten cases a day minimum on set while they're filming the movie movie comes out and St. Ives just rocket ships Straight to the top. Wow! Number one, Snoop Dogg gets involved. Um, I remember I took a took a took a, uh, a punch to the face for Snoop. Not physical punch to the face, but he was in our office. He lit up a joint, and uh, the smoke detectors went off, and they just whisked Snoop out and let me sit in there and get the ticket. Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah! No, the police came in. I got a ticket. No way! Oh yeah. Snoop, Dogg. Snoop
0: Dogg. That's a great story. I yeah. hope you have that frame somewhere.
1: Uh, I mm-hmm. still have it. I have it. I have it safe. I have that ticket
0: safe, yes. Have you reached out to Snoop to see if he would sign it? He Ever? was here now it's, uh, a couple now years, years ago, ago, right, in most yeah. places. So he probably wouldn't mind being affiliated at all. He didn't care then. I mean,
1: he's got, oh, I mean, mine funny. It's office. Big poster, Dog Pound for Life. Love you, Snoop. I mean, they had a special relationship. That's awesome. But, so, I bring all that up because I wonder whether it's a remake. I'd like to do a remake of a movie. If they're remaking a movie and Nomadic Beer Works can be in it, what beer do you want them drinking, and what movie do you want? You can pick a couple of movies and a couple of beers, obviously. Wow,
0: that is a that's a big question right there. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I got to think about like movies where they're drinking beers. Well, out. that can be any movie as any long movie. as it's not a driving movie, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Man, oh man. Okay, so what beer would I have them drinking? Oh, I'm trying to think. I would like to see maybe. Maybe just Cheers redone. I feel like we got a Cheers vibe going on in here. We got a ton of really quirky regulars. I think that a Cheers remake with Nomadic Beer Works as a focal point would be phenomenal. Yeah. I'd have them drinking, uh, they were drinking light stuff. So let's say Sunrise got Down or mm-hmm. Kolsch, super light drinkable for the everyday man. Sure, you know? so, absolutely. So I would say that would be one. Um... And that's a good
1: plug. Every week, Thursday night, primetime TV, bada boom, bada bing, cheers. Norm is coming in. He's like, get me this. That's right. So you would remake Cheers, yeah. but a modern day Cheers done at a brewery. Yeah. Boom, boom. That'd be great. The,
0: the monsters that come through a brewery are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Really, really great. Because you get oh, everybody. Yeah. It's, well, it's a place like no one's afraid to step foot in a brewery. It's not pretentious, it's not you know an exclusive club it's for everybody and anybody and that's why it's so fun that's I think beer is awesome is because there's no expectation of how you need to dress what you need to look like who you are as a person or what your beliefs are you like craft beer come on by and have some beer you yeah. know and I think that's great and so uh, it is kind of the modern gathering place it's your local pub nowadays and so we get all kinds of people from the neighborhood you know that have lived here for 80 plus years we got an old retired airline pilot that comes in and he brings his wife in and they sit and have a couple beers and then we have you know newly 21 year old st edward's kids coming in on, oh, yeah. you know party nights and we we get the whole gambit uh it's great nice it'd make for some interesting stories i think it would i think it'd be a great i'm surprised there hasn't
1: been a reality show around the brewery industry they tried so the guys did you ever
0: watch uh the league yeah so the league is a great show a right yeah yeah you know, you know, uh i don't care i mean there's so many steve rosin easy
1: doesn't he live here I don't know I thought or he had a place here for a while but mm-hmm. yeah easy. So,
0: me. I yeah know, it's a but, long lesson but I know that like so that the directors or the producers of that thought they could you know catch fire in a bottle again and do something different and they recently released a TV show that was focused around breweries it was the worst it was there was like bad.
1: a adult it was like triple X IPA or something and people kept coming in. Can I get some lube?
0: Is something that, like that. Yeah. I don't know. I can only get through about half of an episode yep. and I had to turn it off. I was out. There was like the, the, the Snide kind of, uh, what was it? He had his Cicerone licensed brother and then there was a the brewery brother and they were always sabotaging each other. I don't know. I got through a little bit of it. I, like, I can't do this anymore. And so I, I turned it off and I think most people in the craft beer industry were a little bit insulted by how that yeah. show was
1: there's there's too much fun to be had in making beer yeah that you don't don't wreck it with bullshit right you don't have to no I mean just put some cameras in here watch people making beer watch the real struggle the real fun we had uh, a black star three four stories high we had a uh, gravity fed system I know the darn penis pump is everywhere <laughs> we're gonna address why anyone thought that would work or, or how it came into
0: fruition which is hilarious it's it's not a, mean, a major point of pop culture everyone knows it is and nobody knows if they if they're real or how they work but oh this is a great line too, right here where he where he walks up to the guy he goes hey there you are and he goes hey do I know he goes no but you're there well, there you are <laughs> you're right there <laughs> this how? is phenomenal This is and
1: this is also this is this is a great movie in the idea, of maybe you're not self-aware but you have self-confidence. Right. Right. And it's and his self-confidence in Robert Wagner. Oh man, Uh, very famous late '70s, early '80s TV show, Heart to Heart. Okay. Where he was a private investigator with his wife. Okay. Great film. Yeah, and that uh, the gentleman um, doing the cards is uh, No Soup
0: For You, the Soup Nazi from Seinfeld. Oh man, I didn't even realize that was him, but you're right. Yeah. There he is. There he is, having fun. Oh God, this movie's so great. This movie's I, got- love, I love his part when he's like, I like to live dangerously. And he goes <laughs> like, Mike Myers is at like... Uh, 20? Like 11 or something. Oh yeah. He's like really low. Or like, and he just goes, I'll stay. <laughs> yeah, he's got five. Yeah, five. yeah. Mm-hmm. five. Have you
1: um? Do you uh, do you go to Vegas to gamble or drive to any of the casinos or do any of that stuff?
0: Uh, no, I, I'll gamble occasionally, but I'm not a huge gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to Vegas a little bit when I was younger, but I haven't been back since uh, I don't know 2015. It's, it's a been fun, a little it's while. It's a fun
1: day trip from San Diego. I mean, so oh, it's in Newport it's, Beach. It's a, you
0: just. Great little drive. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Little weekend getaway. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I used it's to get nice. boozy and uh, go to the um, blackjack tables, just the $10 ones. Oh, yeah. And anytime there were two cards that were the same, I would just split them no matter what. So I'd get two queens. Like, My rule, i got to split them. Yeah. And the pit boss would come by and be like, dude, are you, are you trying to give us money? Like, it's already favored for us to win. I'm like, nah, we're good. But I do want to split these. And then one, one time I got two aces. Bam, nice. bam. Well, like, see, the guy's just like, oh, but no one would play. Like, I would have an empty table. Everyone would be like, this guy. Now, no, we're going to get away from from this, guy. this guy. Please. Just <laughs> sucking down beers and Red Bulls. It's like, can I have a beer? Can I have a Red Bull? Yeah, yeah, It's like, oh, my God. You know, server comes by. You're like, yes, of course I want another yes. drink. Let's go. Oh, I have the most expensive free drinks in the world or in Las Vegas. That's the best. It's the, yeah, you just think you're getting something. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, it's the greatest trick ever played. I'm going to give you something that cost me 12 cents to pour, because of the volume in which I buy it at, right. you're going to think it's free, you're going to give me ten dollars a minute.
0: And all you have to do is sit down at this table and give me a ton of money.
1: Yeah. So we're set to about ten bucks a minute. I'm in. Yeah. I'm thousand percent in. It's fucking crazy. Oh man. So my what, got, what made you guys choose, so Nomadic, where does that name come from, and then why Austin, Texas? Because. You've named some pretty fun areas to make beer. San Diego's has got a great beer culture, right? Uh, a great scene down there. Rents a little high, Gavin Newsom. Yeah. And uh, you're so are your taxes—they're a little out of control. Yeah. Denver, great city for beer. Well, historically, I mean, they've got you know some great roots. Michigan area, right. great for beer as well. It seems like that perfect so, weather.
0: And it's it's gr- they're great spots for beer. Horrible place if you're a beer drinker. Great spots to go drink beer. Uh, Some of the best breweries in the world, I think, are located in those states. And Texas has a few, you know, world-class breweries, but not as many. And so when we looked at states to open a brewery in, uh, the Brewer's Guild collects a bunch of data. And uh, we were looking at it, and Texas ranked like 48th. In all of the states, in terms of the number of breweries, they know about Wyoming and Montana, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but it was it was horrifically low. We went. That's insane. We go. We love Austin. Well, let's look at Austin. and Austin looked to be a pretty good opportunity at that time. Now it's, it seems like there are breweries opening every month, which honestly is exciting as well because I think most of them are happening here in Austin, which makes Austin such a destination. Um, but we really chose Austin just because we like the city. I got an aunt and uncle that have lived here for, you know, probably about 20 years. And so we came to the city, we've, we've seen it grow, you know, we enjoy everything that Austin has in terms of music and culture and food and everything. So uh, when it came time for us to start our brewery, we just decided that, you know, California wasn't the place. Michigan, where we were born, wasn't the place. Colorado was way, 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 way too saturated. And so we decided Austin would be our home for this. Uh, So we picked up and moved. My brother and I were both living on on the West Coast at the time. He was in the Bay Area. I was in San Diego. And uh, yeah, we quit our jobs and we moved out here and and got to work. Um, As for the name Nomadic, uh, it really just comes from our approach towards beer making and kind of where we find our inspiration. So my brother and I actually, uh, we love to travel we're uh, obsessed, uh, to say the least. Uh, One of our favorite things is to drink beer and and go visit breweries while we're traveling. But overall, it's just that travel, I think, opens your perspective and it shows you how things could be done. So like every time that I go and travel, I I see new packaging in grocery stores and I see the way that people interact uh, in their day-to-day life and different architecture. And it just kind of brings me to life. And I love kind of seeing the best of places that I've gone and visited, and then sharing that with the people back home, right? Taking a lesson learned or taking a a bit of what inspires me and trying to use that to uh, kind of direct what we do here at Nomadic. And that's what we do is we go out, we love to travel, we like to drink beer, we like to see what's happening in other places. And we like to take a little bit of that with us Come back here, and a lot of our beers are actually inspired by some of the travels that we've taken. Um, so right now we have a uh, a mango chili wit beer on. Um, it was inspired by a trip to White Sands, New Mexico, that we recently took. Uh, it was the home of green chilies,
1: New Mexico. They put it on ice cream. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's right? everywhere.
0: And so we knew we wanted to incorporate that. And then I did a chance stop in. Uh, at White Sands National Monument. I think it's, it's a national park now, mm-hmm. um, but I just happened to be on a road trip back from surfing in San Diego, so I had a surfboard in my car, and so I popped the fins off of it. Uh, they're removable nowadays, and I took the surfboard into White Sands, and me and my lady went sandboarding down all the dunes in White Sands National Park, and we had a great time, and I was just blown away and excited about my experience, and I called my brother up, as I get back in the car from White Sands, New Mexico, driving, continuing on to Austin, and I go, "Dude, we gotta brew beer inspired by White Sands, New Mexico." And I go, "I had some great chilies here. I remember growing up eating uh, in San Diego. A lot of the ice cream trucks have these like mango flavored lollipops with like Tajin yeah. and chili powder. I don't know if they have it's, them here in Texas. Yeah, that's
1: uh, they've got them in some of the uh, like the um, right. the Fiesta supermarkets. They've got them right. in bags. You just Dried mango, oh, so rolled in uh, the spices, the you spices. got that sweet and the,
0: yeah. And like the spicy, and I was like, that'll work. And I and I go, hey man, it's like mango chili something. We'll get some green chilies, we'll make a big deal out of it. And he goes, okay, let me think about it. And by the time I got from White Sands into Austin, he had a recipe written. And he goes, look, we're doing a mango chili wit beer, it's Belgian inspired. He's like, it's going to work perfectly with those flavors, and now it's on tap. Um, And so we kind of look for those experiences and reasons to get outside of the norm and uh, kind of bring ourselves to life and that's usually where we find the best inspiration for our beers or or whatever. It's that seeking out those best experiences and using them to kind of inspire us. Where uh, (laughs) The perfect, perfect placement of of
1: all things. Um, Where in the world do um, Where's your favorite spots to travel? Where, you know, you got a top five or something, where you're like,
0: I... The top five? Yeah. So, I, I kind of got an interesting list. Um, one of my favorite places that I'd ever been was um, Budapest, Hungary. Uh, had a phenomenal time there. My brother and I actually uh, backpacked around Europe, basically bumming around in hostels for two and a half months. Uh, right after college, we traveled with each other. and. Uh, by the time we got from Barcelona, where we flew into, into Budapest, we realized we had overshot our budget. We were going to run out of money before our return ticket to the United States. Uh, so, we went, okay, we got to save some bucks. We ended up getting a job at a hostel in Budapest. We worked at a hostel, uh, checking in guests, leading pub crawls around this city. Um, it was phenomenal, and so I, I gained a really great appreciation for that city. Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous and at the time I traveled it was 2012 it was relatively undiscovered it was before the Grand Budapest Hotel movie came out and all that stuff no one really knew about it and at times questioned why we'd even go to Budapest but it was affordable and the people were great and you actually felt like you were somewhere different where nobody spoke English there at the time really and so you felt like you were in a foreign country where and you go to Barcelona and everyone speaks English and everyone's very uh, aware of all the American travelers so mm-hmm. I thought Budapest was great second thing that I really love to do is I like to road trip around the United States I think people yes. underestimate how awesome this country is and how diverse culturally it is in terms of just the the geography and and the way of life and the people and it's just gorgeous and so one of my favorite things is like I love driving because when you drive, you see all those cities that never get frequented by most, yeah. and so you actually get to get a sense of like what that state's like and what those how those people live. Uh, stopping at roadside diners, the going best. to pick through junk at some odd antique place, you know the that's best. that's when I'm in my my best. I love it.
1: Got goosebumps, man. This is. I mean, my daughter and I, my wife is flying to Tampa. Yeah, next week, mm-hmm. following two weeks away. I mean renting a convertible yeah with the daughter oh. seven and we are road tripping the coastline
0: dude the great American road trip just
1: man. oh it's Tampa 15 hours away it's a Eighteen with with a seven-year-old easy but 20 if you're gonna break it up into two days and you're not taking any major
0: highways are you gonna stop somewhere or? oh yeah
1: I gotta I got figure out a cool hotel yeah midpoint between Tampa right. and and Austin along the coast mm-hmm. we're gonna stay there. she's seven so I'm, Easy food, obviously a pool, yeah, right. And then outside of that, it's just a care. And then for the right. road trip, the rules are: if I see something that looks interesting, I tell Dad to stop. He stops.
0: Nice. That's a great rule. Right? It's a great rule you because have you to, see random shit. You gotta allow for those deviations. We're like, yeah, it's only like 20 minutes off the road. Should we go? And you go, yes, we gotta go experience yep. this. And uh, you'll find some of the best things ever one of my favorite things is uh you know i love when you see some pure americana from like the 60s or 70s era you know there'll be some roadside diner where you happen to cross a, a, across like a part of route 66 and it'll be like a space themed diner that sells burritos and burgers and like a random assortment of foods and it will have like a salad bar and everything's space themed and ufo'd yep. out I love it. I'm I love in. it. It's absurd, and that's so great because everything's so nicely manicured in big cities, and you go out to some of these far reach areas, and it's just—it's
1: perfect. Oh yeah, you get the lady. She's like, "Oh honey, don't, don't, don't get the waffles. Tom made those two days ago."
0: Yeah, they're just frozen now. <laughs> All honesty,
1: just oh, I just don't care. Oh, we did. Um, I, was, I talked my daughter into driving up to Montana with me, mm-hmm. where I'm from, and she's like, "Great." I said, "I'll make this fun." So we went, could not have gone much more out of our way. We went to New Mexico first, stopping in Roswell so we could have alien pancakes. And that was the whole point, was just like green alien pancakes. Yes. And then went up to Denver, spent the night in Denver, then went through Washington. And the easy way is to go straight up to Billings and cross over. I'm like, nope, we are crossing the desolate wasteland of what is Wyoming, any small town I'm stopping in. First question is, do you have a brewery? Do they package their beer in any way, shape, or form? How yeah. do I get it? that at the store, like where do I get it? Boom, boom, right. grab a six pack of beer, put it in a cooler, it's mine. Hit the Tetons, and the Tetons are like a terrible roller coaster ride. Straight up, straight down, we're done. Into Montana, southwestern corner of Montana, then up to see family. Cool. Daughter loved it. She's like, this is awesome. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's awesome because it's America, and we, we're stopping in stores and we're chatting with people that don't get a lot of visitors. Oh, yeah. And you're you're not on a major freeway. You're no. on a two lane highway and it's going from, you know, sixty-five to
0: thirty-five. And and you go, stop through a town and yeah. you hang out.
1: And she would always know, she goes, Water tower, Dad, I can go potty soon. I see a water tower. Yeah. Because the water tower is the <laughs> signal of small town USA. That's right. And you see it first. It's the best.
0: That is awesome. I mean, even on my most recent road trip, I road trip here from uh from uh, Austin up to my family's uh, place up in Michigan. Dude, that's a great uh, drive. I drove to it was absolutely gorgeous. First of all, St. Louis was my favorite stop on the entire road trip. It was beautiful. I mean, that city has so much heritage, uh, and the architecture is absolutely gorgeous. It's all red brick buildings everywhere. Old industrial factories with the original smokestack sticking up, but the factory has been turned into apartments, and so on the smokestack is like, something lofts, or whatever. Yep. And uh, you know, you can just feel like the city, the buildings are so great, and they've built so well, that they've just lasted and lasted centuries. Yeah. Um, and so I found that awesome, and the people were just genuinely amazing and nice. And the beer scene in St. Louis, it's I think a lot of people hopping. think, they just think Budweiser, but uh, that's a city that loves its beer and it loves its, it's got a very Midwestern feel too. Like you get mm-hmm. into that city and something about the Midwest, they love their baseball. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a huge part of, of the culture and everyone's talking baseball and all the pubs. And, you know, having grown up in Detroit for a large part of my life, I mean, the Tigers were it. Um, I've, I've since become a bit of an Astros fan just because. Well, my boy Verlander got on the team. and won that series. <laughs> and That was really exciting. I was happy about that, so I became a transplant fan. But some cities, you don't get that, you know. When I spent some time out on the West Coast, and I was in San Diego, no one could have cared less about the San Diego Padres. Um, they're well, basically and it's such a, a cool farm stadium farm down, you know? down, down, downtown. Yeah, it's yeah, such a
1: cool scene. But you're right. No one cares about the no Padres. Cares. Down there.
0: No, I think there's too many other things to distract people in like other climates, but man, when you're in the, the Midwest and you got those brutal winters, I mean, when, when baseball kicks up, I mean, opening day of baseball, man, when I was working for General Motors in Detroit, nobody was in the office. Everyone was <laughs> down at the game. Everyone's like, man, it's spring, baseball's back, summer is here, but then like, if you go through like six months of winter, you're ready for some spring and baseball oh, yeah. is that signifier. It means, hey, we've made it. Life's gonna be good here for the next few the months. The sun will come back, I yeah. promise. And I think you, I think baseball coincides with that so well in those states that people just eat it up. Uh, it's a big part of what they do. Do You guys now, you guys do the big cans here. Yeah.
1: Do you guys um, bottle, or do, or um, you gonna do mobile canning at all, or?
0: Yeah. So, so we have done a little bit of everything. Okay. Uh, one thing this pandemic's really shown us is uh you know you got to be nimble you got to be agile there's shortages of supplies and everything Uh, yeah hey budweiser
1: stop launching seltzer programs in january and getting 13 flavors to start your line off with to make sure no one has aluminum on planet earth but you right right yeah and it's a shitty time to launch it
0: it's a battle for shelf space yes so they are taking up there's the liquor aisle is only so big and Budweiser goes okay so I'm gonna make 13 flavors of this and I'm gonna sell you Bud Light in 15 ounce twist offs and 32 ounce tall boys and 12 packs six packs 18 packs 24 packs etc nobody wants all those sizes what they're doing is they're, they're occupying real estate Right. they're guaranteeing themselves that you see their their product on the store shelf. Yeah. It's all tactic right there. So yeah, Budweiser and they're they know what they're doing. And the they're shelf not.
1: moving, you know, because there's a schematic. So right. used to be in the beer sales side of things. Sure. You go and you're like, hey, my beer is supposed to go here, but there's a random beer here. So you gotta call the manager, because right. I don't know what's going on. I'm supposed to be front face according to your skew, not side face. Well I'm gonna have to move all these beers,
0: so you're gonna go side face today. Ugh. Oh. You know, it's and just, you're like that's not how my label is supposed to look. That's not where my label looks. Well, it's all about you know catching people's eyes. So funny enough, I went to school for a very niche program, which is food and consumer packaged goods marketing. And oh wow! It's all about marketing. Western Michigan University, um, but it's all about marketing in the retail space. And what I found was I didn't want to take part in that at all. That's why our brewery doesn't distribute into stores. Uh, we don't <laughs> do it. We don't package for retail. Uh, it takes a lot to manage that, right? Like you're just trying to get your label to show the right way and you're dealing with store managers going, "Uh, no, I'm not gonna move that, I'm not gonna showcase your product. And then they're gonna call you and go, hey, your product's not selling, we're gonna pull your SKU from the assortment. we're gonna pull somebody else on. And you're going, wait, I didn't even get proper representation. I don't have a sales team to manage that kind of thing. So we do 100% in house. And so to get back to your point, uh, as far as packaging is concerned, we've done a little bit of everything. So right now we're packaging up 32 ounce crowlers, but awesome. we also do 25 ounce crowlers. Uh, we have a little base plate that we plug onto the machine that allows us to do slightly smaller cans. Then we bought an additional machine that we have in back that allows us to can up 16 ounce tall boys. Oh. So we've been doing four pack releases of really special IVAs. So like. Coming up in the next couple weeks, we have the return of our uh, Guava Milkshake IPA called Surface Interval, uh, which is a diving reference for anyone who's a diver. <laughs> it's basically the time in between a set of dives where you're decompressing. Okay. Off of, it's, it's, it's done so that the nitrogen that builds up in your bloodstream mm-hmm. from the compressed oxygen tanks, there's a little bit of nitrogen in there, yep. can evaporate or basically uh, diffuse out of your blood so that you don't develop air pockets in your bloodstream. Sure. Super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, it's usually accompanied by a beer. So you're sitting there with a the beer, and we went, what kind of beer would I want to drink at the end of a long dive, mouthful of salt water, you know, you want awesome. something refreshing and fruity, slightly sweet. So we came with this, this uh, Guava Milkshake IPA, and so we called it Surface Interval, and in respect to that, we actually did a photo shoot outside where I brought a bunch of wetsuits in, and my brother and I stood out in front of the brewery with scuba masks and wetsuits on nice. and cheers the beer. It was great. He's really become true, like trusting. So my brother does all the brewing, yeah, and I do all of our like sales and marketing sure. stuff. And so I come in and I plop down a bunch of flippers and masks and wetsuits on the bar top. And He's goes, just got to be like, "What are we doing today?" And I was like, "Suit up!" And he goes, "Okay, Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> How does that? Where do you, as a marketer,
1: yeah. and in an ultra-competitive market in in Austin, as far as being competitive on the marketing scene? Uh, yeah. There's, you know, St. Elmo, Austin Beer Works, Independence, Infamous, who have been around quite a while, all of them for a debt, well, not St. Elmo, but they all have their very unique themes. Yeah. But they've all figured out a way to present without overextending. Right. How do you, when your focus is marketing, how do you present t-shirts or can designs without overextending? Like, What's your process that goes, all right, the blue shirt's selling really well, but I'm not making 12 different blue shirts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a a whole mental cascade that goes into great marketing without oversaturation, without losing who you are, Right. leaving people wanting a little bit more, but yeah, you know, um, but then you can go any direction with beer. I mean, you can do anything. There's companies out there that'll sell you and put your name on anything.
0: Right. So, so I'd say, I mean, as far as overextending, it's not something that we have really had to deal with too much here. <laughs> okay. If the only thing I'm overextending is probably myself. Uh, so, I mean, we got a super small staff, and so it's me and my brother and, you know, three full time bartenders. And sure. so, you know, while well, he's running all back of house production, cellar work, warehouse management, I'm running all of the business focused activities. So, everything from taproom reordering, management, staffing. I do all of our graphic design in-house as well as all of running all of our social channels. Mm-hmm. That includes merchandise design and promotion of that. And so I haven't gotten to a point where I go, man, we're over leveraging something. But I would say that I am cognizant of the fact that I don't want to just push the same thing because it works. Sure. You know, I actually get bored of, of the same thing. We've changed our logo probably three or four times <laughs> since we've opened. It always seems to change with iterations and because like I figure if I'm getting bored with it, customers probably getting bored with it too. And so I want to change that. But um, so as the home then is the theme, the home is beer and outside of that home, which is
1: beer, our marketing, our design, the logo could change. Yeah. The, the design, the style is, is flexible. Right. But <laughs> our home and quality of beer will never change.
0: Never changed. So the idea the idea for this place is kind of that, that nomadic concept, right? Is mm-hmm. we're always seeking and looking for inspiration outwards. Our beer isn't pegged to a certain style. We're not going, oh, we make dark ales, or oh, we make pilsners and lagers or this and that. Our theme or idea, nomadic, is basically this prolonged pursuit of seeking out what brings us to life and what kind of lights that fire within us. When we find that, whether it's a recipe or design or how we approach service model, it's all about the things that bring us to life and get us pumped up. And usually those are the things that we're focused on our customers and going, hey, are they going to like this too? And so I figure if we keep a focus on that, things are going to go really well. I mean, hey, if have you had a beer miss where um, you thought it was going to hit out of the park and it just didn't necessarily take off? Have
1: you had some head scratchers yet?
0: um let's see here I'm trying to think Luckily? like the funnest
1: head scratcher I had we did Saint gold okay. which sponsored the was on like, literally sponsored the Tyson Holyfield bite fight okay so there's this moment of we've hit it we're the best ever we're Bud Miller cooler style now because we're okay. sponsoring Tyson I mean, this is a legit boxing match yeah that's legit this is as big as it gets and then Tyson bites his fucking ear, and that thing is a shit show, right? Yeah. And do we get 12 rounds, or do we get a knockout seeing someone's head hitting the ground right next to St. gold? Yeah. Nope. We got an ear shot. Everything was above the neck and at an angle up. There was yeah. no logos being seen. No, nobody, <laughs> no one cared.
0: Nobody won there.
1: No one won there, and we missed. And then obviously the beer missed then too, because the beer didn't hit its mark because the marketing behind
0: it was this. Right. And it failed. Yes. Yeah. So I would... I, guess, uh, <laughs> I got one that was kind of funny, and it wasn't necessarily a beer, but it was like a, a party concept. Uh, so we were partnered with a food truck when we first opened, mm-hmm. and they did really great Korean food. I mean, it was awesome. It was like Korean fusion food, but it was airing on the side of traditional Korean The chef was obsessed with Korean culture. He actually... His honeymoon for his, he loved it, and that's what he chose to dedicate his his life or his passion for. Us. And so, uh, he wanted to do a uh, an anniversary party, and so he did these kimchi pancakes, and they're really good. And so, so we decided to call the party. It was an end of summer party. We called it the Pancake Pool Party. The alliteration is great the concept was very difficult to explain to people. They're like, so what's going on? Are these real pancakes? What do the pools have to do with it? And it was basically, (laughs) it was a summer party that we had. Got a lot of people coming up
1: confused. Do I eat pancakes? I'm in a
0: swimsuit. Do I not? But yeah, we had everyone show up in swimsuits. And we had a big raffle. We said if you show up in your bathing suits or whatever, then you get two raffle tickets per beer Sweet. you buy but if you show up in just regular dress you only get one right so we doubled so we wanted everyone to be in theme so a bunch of people came in in theme and then we really doubled down on this pool party theme so we bought three inflatable pools that were about ten feet diameter a piece and we inflated them all over the outside of the brewery so we actually had a legitimate pool party and like I dressed up as a lifeguard and had like the, zinc the on the my nose nice. the sun cap um and then we, I think we even had inflatable palm trees inside and like a tropical house DJ playing. It was the most bizarre brewery party you've probably ever been to. It was really fun. One of the bartenders was wearing a Speedo. It was very odd. We had some very old school beer drinkers come in and then I would walk in the door and be like, are y'all like this all the time? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just one day. This is this just is day. a 3P. Alright, uh, we'll do it again. There's a pancake pool party. Come on man. But well, like, hey, you know, what goes good with pool parties, I guess Korean style kimchi pancakes. I don't know. It was just fantastic. A, it was it was a bit of a flop. It didn't really catch. But it was fun. The people who came had a great time, but it was kinda of hard to explain. One of the things I would like to see done, and I don't know how it gets done, we did yeah. this in Whitefish
1: at uh, Bla- so Blackstar was the only brewery downtown in Whitefish, and this is this is nineteen ninety seven, showing my age a little bit, right? Okay. 1997, we have this beautiful brewery downtown Whitefish, Montana. Every year, New Year's Eve. Drink the brewery dry. Ooh. Pay $10. Room pays ten bucks. Wow. You get a you get a cup. And you fill get a fill it up. Drink the brewery, Can you drink the brewery dry? And now we're making lagers. I they mean, I've got a 19-day cycle minimum before the next beer hits the shelves. Right. So the town runs out of beer. It runs out of black star every year
0: Wow I mean you could argue it's genius though because then ever it's like the Ferrari concept right yeah. They always make a little bit less than the demand so if you're yep. talking they want it they're, they're, they're hungry for it I'd argue with the beer I mean once you run out of beer everyone's going man can't wait till Black Star's back that's right so that's kind of it's brilliant in
1: a way it was super like fun it. I'm saying I want New Year's Eve parties I want to drink Austin Drop like, and I know that flies in the face of what our mayor wants and safety and I'm sure there are police going, ah, please, no. Right. We can all be responsible adults and drink Austin Drunk. I think we can do both. I think we could do both. Then I think we can do both.
0: Hey, if you're interested in saving the beer industry, I think that's a good way to go. If I think it's a good. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <Austin>? <laughs> challenge accepted. Yeah, are we doing this?
1: I mean, I feel like we could do this. <laughs> I feel like we could. Let's pick our five friends. Let's pick a day and it's like, this is to get the Texas Brewers Alliance. I know one of the attorneys over there. And yeah. It's like, what legally, what are my pitfalls legally here? Yeah. I just want to know because if there's some, I don't want to get any brewer in trouble, obviously. However, there is something cool about if you had a time code for your five beers, we're going to drink the brewery drop. say so the five most popular beers. It takes 20 days to make this. It takes 12 days to make this understand this. You're not getting that for at least three weeks. So enjoy this party today. Yeah. Celebrate this beer. Bring your best friends. That's cool. I like. Let's have some fun. I
0: mean, yeah, it could be like a.
1: And who gets dry first? Like, if there was, if there was an idea, if we could get some other companies around that then could give prizes to breweries. Like I'm talking like legit. Like we have some fun technology companies in this town that could probably help a POS system, a plumbing service, you know, something right that's actually. And then go. All right, you guys are a part of this. The first brewery that's done with beer, they win this prize. First, second, third prize. But they're tangible, tactical that really help your business. Prizes, right. right? So it, it, it benefits you in, in two ways. Yeah. The customers are excited. They're cruising around. Get Uber involved to run people to shuttle people.
0: Yeah. Free Here's runs. your stops.
1: Free runs. Here's your stops. Right here. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You'll do a south side run, a north side run.
0: Not a bad idea. Telling you, let's sounds drink Austin like dry. It'd be yeah. fun. <laughs> it would be fun. Dude, it'd be great. You could even have like a, a, you know, a giving component to it, where like yeah. everybody pools in all the breweries involved, pool resources. They offer the same amount of this beer. They all brew the same batch size. Yeah. Like, right. Everybody sells the beer, but the commute cumulative sales. And this would be tough to handle from the uh, like the outside side. But everybody wins. Yeah. Every brewery is selling the same beer. If we can drink Austin dry of this beer. Everybody in the in the beer oh. industry gets this certain like we spread the sales evenly across all the breweries. Yep. Or they go towards, or the sales of this go towards like uh, low interest loans for breweries that need help that aren't faring well or whatever.
1: Yeah. Bar really industry cool. people that just, it's like, hey, here you go. Yeah. Here's your tip. Thanks for pouring our beers. Yeah. Right. Here's your tip, well, and you can, can do people it. A little busy. Do, you uh, downtown Austin. Oh, tip. East side. <laughs> <Sorry>. No, I <laughs> know, no, no, we are. Downtown Austin, East Side. I can yeah. go through all of this because we got plenty of time. Right. Someone's going to get run over by
0: a. Uh, by I a... love this, and this guy was on uh, Mad TV. I oh, think that's Back right. in the day, right? This is like one of his first roles. And I love how big the warehouse is. Or he could have
1: just stepped left. Around. It's a huge warehouse. Oh yeah, and he's frozen. Oh yeah, it's ludicrous. That's why this movie's so good. Oh, like, knocked out. I love that guy. But then what you do one, you do downtown.
0: Did you ever? did he you ever notice his name awesome. is uh what is it? his name is odd his, what is it random task yes yeah yeah and then james bond the the guy who throws his uh throws his hat yeah his name's odd job odd job yep random task. Just, odd job brilliant it's so
1: the the attention to certain details huh. in this is what makes it it does i mean no. it really makes it because those little names and that fun is the is the best it is and then the outfits <laughs> this this mix of bad guys,
0: yeah, like the, 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 the quintessential
1: '70s bad guy, and then the outfits—it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, and I think that's going back to like how I'd want to see this done is not the same Austin Powers, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about revamps and reboots. Why couldn't Austin Powers reboot? in a way that pointed fun at the new era James Bond culture, right? Because there's yeah. a ton of implausible stuff that James Bond does in the new films. It's like hyper-action focused and really, it was, if they poked fun at that, I think it'd be funny because they're poking fun at like 70s and 80s era James Bond films. Mm-hmm. But there's a ton of ridiculousness happening in current film. And I think if they have adapted this concept to point fun at those new kind Of inconsistencies and could you, stupidities, I think it'd be really funny if they did it right. Do you think you could take
1: the darkness that is the new superhero James Bondness Ooh, and then also make it funny that gritty darkness but also make it that Mike Myers funny, mm. like to where you know James Bond is running down a train, yeah? And Mike Myers goes doing, he's like, I'm gonna slip and fall. This is bullshit, yeah? Like, yeah. no, one, no can. one can do this. Nobody can do that. Like, <laughs> <do> this, <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> is not part of my I'm training, Austin. You have to get him, like, no, no, uh. This Ooh. train's gonna stop at a station soon. Yeah. And he's gonna have to get <laughs> off there. And if yeah. he jumps up the train here, he gets be by a bear.
0: We're yeah. good. Like, I'm out. Like, maybe, yeah. Maybe he like acknowledges the fact that he's a little bit older, and he goes, "Hey, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm good." Yeah. I don't know if it would be the same thing. It's tough to say. You got you, you bring Seth Green back for it? Yeah, oh for sure. He's a quirky
1: individual. He's an odd dude. Very very talented. Yeah. I mean, Robot Chicken. He's done some great stuff on the on uh, uh, behind the scenes that is just. Once again, people, I don't think they realize all the stuff that he does Yeah, outside of acting.
0: but Like, more of a writer-producer type. Yeah. Super Very talented. Very much so.
1: Where,
0: um, if you couldn't brew beer, what would you do? Um, ooh, man. You know what? I think if I if I couldn't do this, I would probably start another company. Yeah. I love business. I really do. Um, I think it would be a little bit of a different focus. Um, I'd probably focus on, um, I'm like really big into environmental uh, initiatives and things. Mm -hmm. I'd probably try and refocus towards something that I thought I could actually add some sort of greater good, um, whether it be, you know, um, some sort of, I guess like it's tough to say, but I think it'd probably be another like consumer company that probably did some sort of social good, like donations of profits towards, um, you know, maintaining trails and wildlife systems. or. You know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, I guess, like my my one thought is, and I thought a lot about it, is like you know, nature and trails and parks—they're all kind of the great equalizer, right? You don't have to, you can be extremely wealthy or you can be extremely poor, but when you step out into nature and you go for a hike or you go for a swim or you look at something truly just naturally beautiful, uh, it everybody can enjoy the same, right? Yeah. And I think that it's something that is worth preserving to improve the quality of life of everybody is if we were able to actually preserve more public lands for parks and trails, whether it's hiking or hunting. I think, you know, it's uh, it's preservation of that land so that, like, everybody can enjoy a bit of this world before it becomes a bunch of sprawling suburbs.
1: You know, do you um you know, beers had a an interesting run when it comes to the environment. Right. Yeah. There were pole tabs. They were arguably the most littered thing in America next to cigarette butts. Yeah. Right at the beginning. And there were twist offs and there were pop tops. And then Mm -hmm. Budweiser came out with what we have now as a traditional way to open cans. Right. Uh, And now we're seeing new evolutions in beer packaging that has changed a lot. Right. right? And that, uh, I forget, was Heineken or Bass or someone came out with um, plastic bottles that are glued together down the center that are a six pack.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. And then there's a, uh, Pilsner Quell came out with another biodegradable one that uh, yeah. was paper that held the top together oh wow where what do you think could be the, a, a new change in the beer industry that would match environment because there is this natural symbiotic relationship right which is yeah. hot hike great day outside cold refreshing beer right right they they work well together oh they do but it's like hearts and minds are also separate in, exactly. that, in that as well, yeah. there's a disconnect there, but there's a relationship there.
0: Yeah. You know, I think uh, it's tough, you know, where you have obviously the convenience of a uh, disposable packaging is the tops. Like, you know, glass growlers are great if you're going to share some beer at like a dinner party or something, or you're going somewhere to meet up with a select group of friends where you know you can take it with you, but taking a glass growler out to a trail, or hanging out by the pool is not a great idea. You're gonna hurt somebody if it breaks, someone's gonna step on the glass. It's not great, right? Uh, So I think aluminum cans are the best option, I think, for like the convenience that customers expect these days. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that there could be improvements in how we handle some of the excess packaging, right? So uh, one thing that we did recently here at the brewery was um, a can topper, Reuse program. So we actually have a collection point here at the brewery where we collect the pack textile uh, six pack holders, four pack holders, and the three pack holders for the large crawlers. Oh, oh we, that's awesome! Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I came up with it uh, actually Earth Day this year. I was thinking about ways that we could reduce our impact here because we already do biodegradable everything, compostable trash bags, cellulose based cups. Everything is meant to be biodegradable, um, but we wanted to do a little bit more and as soon as this pandemic hit, we were just floored by the amount of excess packaging we were having to buy. I mean, all of a sudden we weren't selling 90% in pub glasses in the tap room; we were selling 100% packaged goods. Sure. And so, um, yeah, we decided to collect and try and reuse some of these. So, a lot of times the, the pull tabs get broken and so there is a bit of a uh, quality control component. We actually have, have to sort through them, find the ones that are broken. Uh, But we actually plan to reuse these for future beer releases and so we're going to have like eco beer releases where we will do four packs of a specific beer and we'll let people know hey this is this is completely packaged and recycled product just because Given the time, some people might feel uncomfortable about a reused can topper or a six-pack holder or something like that. Sure. So when we do integrate them back into the product mix, we'll go, look, okay, these these are all packaged these reusable toppers, but we're pretty smart about it where we actually take them in a bulk collection bin, we dump them into a box and quarantine them for a couple of weeks before we then hand them off to somebody in our staff to actually sort through them we recycle all the defective ones, everything that's in good enough condition gets repackaged into a box and stored away for later. Then when we have these beer releases, we're going to go ahead and release them and then probably donate the money we saved on the can toppers towards Austin trails foundation or keep Austin beautiful and try and further that mission that I talked about earlier is just like preservation of public space. Yeah. Right. Giving people more opportunity to enjoy like this world's gorgeous. Like we should we should be able to enjoy all of it and as much of it as possible instead of like just hyper rich people with like lake houses and houses on rivers. Like everyone should have access, I think, to those kinds of things.
1: I think it's what that's one of the great misnomers, right? Is that if you don't have a house in the lake that you're really enjoying, like dude, get a dirt road, drive up to a spring. Yeah. Get out in the hill country. Go I mean I remember driving through Montana. We always had fishing poles in the back of the truck. My dad driving under a bridge, but like that's a pretty good spot. we pull off to the side, go under the bridge, fish for 20 minutes, catch a couple rainbow trout, gut wow. them, use the the sand to wash your hands, like run your hands through the dirt yeah. and scrub them around. That cleans all the crap off. Ice chest next to the Budweisers, right there. Where there you go. Fish. And we, we weren't rich. We not have any money. I mean, we hunted in the in the winter so we could eat, mm-hmm. in the spring so we could eat, and fished in the summer so we could eat.
0: Awesome, there's no messing around. That sounds great, yeah, yeah, that it's not sounds terrible. really good. Well, I think, and I think Austin does a great job of making these kinds of things available. Like, I mean, you can be in the heart of the city center and go down to the Barton Creek Greenbelt and you feel like you're miles away. It's true, and I yeah, think that's uh, that's awesome. It's one of the reasons why we love being here in Austin. Um, but even just getting out on the water, I mean, get a paddleboard, walk down to Lake Bird Lake, and have fun. Put in and go out there, man. Throw a line and do some fishing or go paddle out and just get away for a little bit. I think more and more people are getting to that now, especially because all the bars and restaurants and entertainment things are closed. I think people are choosing to go and explore and hike and do a little bit more of that. So. I'm excited about it personally. Trails will get packed. Yep. But then they're going to be like, where are the other trails? And maybe they'll they'll push for more trails. And so I think it's great. Just explore. Get out there and see
1: nature. I mean, it doesn't have to be a trail yeah. per se, but go out there and enjoy it. Take a drive. Yeah. I mean, I, I always challenge people like, go hey, you, if you love what you're doing, if you, I love beer. Mm-hmm. I drive my daughter and I once every two weeks. Hill Country trip. Yeah. She's like, where are we going? We're going to Twelve Fox are we going out here no we're gonna try someplace new i just heard of this new brewery nice oh dad let's go let's go let's go all right you know so. and then we drive out there and there's always and these breweries are so smart they're like oh we've got a uh, juice for the kids it's right over here right know, uh, oh there's always a dog running around at one of them and we're just playing with the dog and perfect trying a beer and buying a couple and it's just but it's it's getting out there and having fun i'm wondering we're in the part with the fem box which is hilarious right you know on a positive spin. Where is your, if, let's say, if we're giving a shout out to some local businesses here, where's your temptation? Ooh. Like if your uh, girlfriend's like, Hey, let's, we should probably save some money. Let's not go out to eat. And you're like, great, we won't, but I'm not missing this meal. I'm not missing this spot or I'm not missing this local beer. That's not ours. Or what's the, what are there a couple temptations? You just won't cut
0: out no matter what, because of your love for them? man. So, uh, I mean, I gotta, travel, okay. obviously. You got you to gotta keep the gas tank full. Okay, so I would say one spot that I hit all the time, and mm-hmm. I, I can't not, is the Miga's Tacos, the breakfast tacos yes. from, uh, was that Playable Viejo? Yes. At oh. Radio. So good. Dude, those Radio Tacos. <laughs> They're so good. I, I get them all the time. So that's that's one I don't cut out. Uh, another place that I like, it's Hidden Gem here on the south side, I think, is uh, like Opa oh all the time we get some meatball platters it's chill it's very laid back not like
1: the meatball platter at ikea either don't don't get it twisted okay don't get it (laughs) twisted
0: no it's not sauce and pita bread and stuff like that yeah this is a chill place i'm pretty laid back overall how about you man where are your spots if you had to pick a couple and since you're talking about traveling for beer too yeah have you been to any breweries recently that you want to shout out and be like these guys are awesome like it's not, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, community no. Community over competition is a big philosophy here. I, I want great beer places to stay in business and be active. Sure. I want people to know where they can find awesome beer. So.
1: I mean pious pizza. Like pizza for me in general. Yeah.
0: Whether I'm making
1: it at home, or uh, or going out to eat. I'm not. Once a week I'm getting pizza. Mm-hmm. Thick boy nation over here. We're getting pizza, man. Okay. Once a week, guys. Nice. And uh, I like to support local. Uh, I you know. Pinehouse, House, it does a really good job on their pizzas. Oh, yeah. Pius does a good job on their pizzas. Uh, locally a little closer in the Circle C area. Double Dave's, because the kid. There's like video games in there. Of nice. course, that's closed. But still, I mean, they, they make a good cheese pizza. It's the kid love. So I'm there not mad go. at it, man. I'm not mad at it at all. As far as beers go, new breweries. Um, Apocoa? Apacoa, Apocoa? Oh, Apocon? Apocon, yeah. In yeah. downtown Dripping. I just found them. Oh, nice. Good beers, good consistency. Uh, really enjoyed the the flavor profiles they're they're pulling out over there. Nice. And then uh, Twelve Fox was a new one for me.
0: Dude, I've been meaning to get by Twelve Fox.
1: They've got a good red. They've got a really good red. Cool. Uh, they've got a good IPA. There's but overall it's the attitude out there. It's you know it's just, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I like their attitude. They're they're they've got good food trucks that come out there. They get a good job done as far as feeding the people, making sure you know they're falling in line with that 51 percent and enjoying themselves but yeah those are the two new ones that um that the other one i've, I've tried their beer uh it's more in the jester king portfolio of all natural okay. beerberg beerberg
0: yeah, yeah yeah brand
1: new uh yeah. but what you know dripping springs has really gotten a lot of new breweries it's which is just i mean and then and that's the newest one downtown um holdout brewing holdout yeah yeah so, Brent and that team, I think he's from the 512 family, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as far yeah. as his old brewing job. But, know. you know, they're they're doing a good job.
0: I mean, all of their businesses are, are crushing now. Right? Crushing now. So, you right got now. there's Holdouts, and then they also own uh, Better Half yep. Coffee Bar next door, and they own, uh, what's that one on Rainy Street?
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Chicago. It's, what you're it's, it's
0: about called me. like, uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of it. Speaking of. They just launched a new burrito truck outside. Man, I wish I could remember the name of this place. It's gonna kill me. Anyways, the new burritos. Burrito truck, the huh? burritos are awesome. I know Austin loves its tacos, but mm-hmm. burritos.
1: That's an art right there, though. Burrito's an art. Listen, too many people try to roll something into a flower and, and no. into a flower tortilla, and they're like, burrito. I'm like, no, 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 no saying, uh, not a burrito. You did it wrong.
0: Uh, their their burrito truck is amazing. It's on it's on rainy. So okay the, the one that's there, the little coffee shop, it's it's, uh, man, I don't go to Rainy enough to know much about all the bars on there, really. But, like, that place is amazing. I've gone for burritos a couple times. Have you seen say, that uh, Wahoos is back in town? I did. They're outside of, uh, what was it, Barton Creek Saloon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. I know, I know
1: Wing and Lamb. I went to college with them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. That makes... I mean, Mr. I... Lee's secret sauce is the jam. You get that Maui bowl, teriyaki Maui bowl, tossed go. in Mr. Lee's sauce. Are there the fish tacos over there, oh, too? Oh, yeah. Dude, Baja oh, style no, no. fish tacos. Baja fish, was, thank you. You can't go wrong. <laughs> you were in San Diego, you know. Oh uh,
0: man, that's when I when I eat any fish tacos, I compare them to Baja style fish tacos, gotcha. which which is the only kind of fish taco you're gonna find in, in San Diego. Cause it's so close to Baja Mexico. Oh, so and those beach like taco trucks oh. in those surf spots. Little tiny
1: just small little taco shops you can't beat it folks once again you're not getting this on a plane you're not getting this at at, no offense at the mall you You got to drive you got to drive you got to go down you're like is that a hut that guy sells two things
0: Pacificos fish tacos (laughs) that's right and that's it well those are the places that you know going back to that that driving experiences I will often choose like I'll be on the road and yeah I could I can get my Jimmy John's I could get my whatever but I'm in this town I'm mm-hmm. in this weird little town, and I go, that's a local spot, and I'm going to go have a meal. Half the time, it's not good. Exactly. Half the time, you, you eat it, and you go, that, that was a little disappointing. But the other half, you go, that was phenomenal. This is this is the best. And I mean, you're in that little town. You might as well support the local businesses there. Support the local there. business. Yeah. We were driving and back. It's fun. At the very least, you got a story. Yeah. yeah it we... was great. It was bad. Who cares? It's Who a cares? fun story. We stopped at a place in
1: Louisiana called McDonald's. Not the McDonald's that we. Oh, okay, I was like. Okay. McDonald's <laughs> alligator shop. Mm. It's a store and it's got a meat section like the old school butch, sh- charcuterie butchers. Yeah. It's all different cuts of alligator though. That's all they've got is alligator. What? And then they've got the next to it. Who's cooking the alligator? And he's got fried and he's got baked and he's got shredded and he's got <laughs> jerky. We walk in there and I am in heaven.
0: Those are the kind of experiences just you just dream like, about.
1: Oh. We go back. My daughter has to use the restroom, and yeah. it's this old school. I don't know if your grandparents had these thick, foamy toilet seats that was had oh, like a
0: compresses. Yes. Oh,
1: but it had torn. So I mean, God knows what fungus and horrible COVID shits growing inside You're of that. you want to replace that bad boy. Re- please replace it. Well, my daughter walks in and <laughs> she's like, "Dad, this bathroom is disgusting," and she's five at the time. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." She goes, "But smells." great in here I will use the restroom here I'm like oh thanks cuz this is the only place we're stopping we come out this lady comes, she's like hey child you wanna you wanna try some alligator and she's like what he's like yeah honey you gotta try some alligator and it's a nice soft white meat boom eats it. She's like it's pretty good my yeah. wife comes out she's like what are you guys doing like we gotta get going I'm like try an alligator yeah, yeah no, no, like, we're gonna soak in this moment there's plenty of time to get back on the road you gotta embrace that but I do have a question for you guys. I want you to give a shout. I want you to give some advice to the, to the, to the small breweries out there. Okay. My greatest frustration in road trips is, is I get into these small towns, the brewery's not open, but also there isn't a local five and dime that carries their six packs. How do we create a better relationship, especially in small towns, middle America where these small gas stations, can support and start bringing on, because they're not doing the same SKUs as Seven I'm not buying that BS. No. So how do we get to a relationship point where other small businesses are supporting other small businesses without yeah. hurting themselves? Because that is my greatest frustration. As I drive in I'm like, where's your local beer section? And they're like, oh, we don't have one. But like, you have two breweries right here. They're like, yeah, you should go there and get some.
0: But they're not always open. They're not always open. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, as a small brewery ourselves, I think the hardest thing is when you put your beer into packs like a 6-pack or Mm -hmm. or a 12-pack or whatever, all of a sudden you're you're compared against the pricing of the large national groups, right? Those large national groups or even the regional or large state-distributed beers, you know, they're going to be brewing, uh, you know, 50 barrel, 100 barrel, 30 barrel batches of beer, right? So the labor going into each pint is pretty low. It's probably all automated, so they can get their prices way down. And maybe it's just the fact that they can't, they can't they sell their product their price? there. I don't, I don't know if you can sell your product there and make enough money to make it worth it. I think the the retailers are looking for something that's within the, you know, 12, 11, you know, $10 price range for sure. a six pack and I think if you are a small local brewery maybe you don't you don't you can't do that feasibly maybe you don't own a canning line maybe you don't own the ability to even package something that you could put onto a store shelf mm-hmm. and so your best case scenario is you're a small business and you have to you have to sell direct to customer out of the room. Right? Um, and, and don't then, get me wrong, I've, I'm a big supporter of yeah. direct
1: customer. I think everyone should go visit a brewery if you like their beer, right. track that brewery down. If it's not in your hometown or home state, go find it. Go track it down. Right. Go meet the brewers. I'm more amazed. And and That's a problem though. because Because like,
0: on a lot of days, you'll go into a town, you want to drink the local beer and you can't get it because most places are closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever. Yep. I, I encountered that when I was in St. Louis just this last time. There was plenty of breweries that I really wanted to go to. I had them on a list. And uh, I went through on a Monday and there's only like three or four open and so I, I went to those luckily the ones I went to were great but uh, yeah I think you you do miss a bit there I mean and I get it'd be great to have a spot where you can get it yeah and
1: even if it was just i mean, this is my other dream yeah. right I want to open up a taste and buy local brewers and wines distillery only liquor store yeah so you walk in and it's just a circle Right. It's paired into three sections or four sections, right? You've got beer, wine, booze, and then local soda drinks, whatever those may be. Just yeah. local. Come in, you get you can get three samples, whatever you'd like a local. Here you go. You can sit down with them, it's a three ounce pour. The center is just couches and circles. Sit down, try it, have the brewers come in, give educational classes, do whatever. Oh, that'd be cool. But just to have it, so if they have it and then figure out the pricing in a way that, that, that can make sense, right? And what I mean by that is, I understand the concern of going in against a, a Budweiser or a Lone Star, right. or, even, or even I mean, a, or even stone, like a stone doesn't even, even care. Like an
0: all day IPA, yeah. I mean, you can get founders all day, it's a steal. I it's mean, a steal, what is it, the 15 pack for 12 bucks? It's they're basically giving you
1: the beer. They really are. It's unbelievable. Are. Uh, they really are, but then, why can't I have a place where people just come in at the price point starts at 12 you yeah. know it starts at 12 so there's no intimidation factor there's no right it's well I don't think the quality's worth $15 for that suspect then don't fucking buy it I don't care right but you got to try it the brewer's gonna be here in two weeks what don't you like
0: about it? what do you like about it right it would be a lot of fun I it would mean be a as, lot of as fun. A craft beer drinker I'm like I'd go to that place yeah let's go Yeah. Throw in some locally produced snacks and some jerkies and some things. Hundred percent. I'd hang out there for a few hours. I'd drink some beers. Treat it treat it like a cigar store. Right. Yeah, very much like a cigar shop, but everything's local. Exactly. I mean, that'd be great. If you wanted to be an owner operator that just stayed on site, you loved it. You're like, I live and breathe craft beer. That would be a fun job.
1: It would. It would it'd be hard to do here in Texas because of the weird licensing of distribution and how does beer get to A to B, and how much size do you um, have?
0: And It's a nightmare here. TABC is quite a, quite an interesting organization. <laughs> you don't have to comment. I'm not <laughs> going to comment that hard. No. I don't want to end up on the bad list.
1: Yeah. <laughs> TABC is like, we're going to listen to this asshole's podcast. I hear just talking shit. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> only I am. There's never been a brewery that's talked bad about the TABC, because it is the governing body, A. Yeah. Does, does there need to be some changes? Obviously, Yeah. they wrote some stuff with a feather, and it needs to be changed. Right, right. right. That said, okay, who cares? Yeah. I just, I don't understand the pride in not seeing that it needs to be changed. And instead, I will say there is a pandemic that has happened that is forcing them to change some rules. It's good. Which is good. It is, actually. I would like to see some more, obviously, but, um, you know, it's just, craft beer is the ultimately the celebration of what... We've been celebrating off and on, which is the celebration of local. Right. You know, and it's just a continued celebration of local. It is. It really is. I mean, my fridge is full of craft beers. Full of them. Right. And people come over to try something new. That's the whole game. So right. Go to Jay's
0: place, jump in the pool, try a new beer. Exactly. And it's it's fun because like nowadays, I mean, what local business do you go to besides your restaurants and your breweries? places that produce a product you know there's not your really your local furniture store there's not your local TV and electronics shop there's not your local grocer I mean they're they're all big major companies like how often do you get to go to an establishment and the owners hanging out with you telling you the story that, and, that's that's my and, that's the bigger thing awesome. right there right I mean it's it's really cool and these are people that live in this community and so uh, yeah I think that's why craft beer is awesome is because like it's it is it's that community gathering place man and, and people take pride in the stuff that comes from their city so I, I love i love going and getting new beers from all the other breweries in the city. yeah it's amazing
1: and no offense to any of the chains or everybody out there but no. you're not going into champions or applebee's going hey can i talk to the chef real quick or the yeah. owner i want to get this his take really on good. this recipe i want to get <laughs> his take on the ribbits real quick why yeah. did i throw up last time i had 20 of them no. instead, but you can come here junior is a, is he, he's, oh, yeah it's him and his brother and three other people He's here What? yeah oh can I just say hi? yeah Oh, yeah. well, he's busy right now but you want to grab a beer and hang out for a minute that access that whole thing of connection, yes. it, it's reminiscent of comedy whereas I think chains are reminiscent of music so as you get bigger okay. in music you're separated farther and farther from the crowd you're farther and farther away right you can be the biggest comic in the world Dave Chappelle guess what you still go into that OG room at the Comedy Store with 150 other people, right. and they are five feet away from you. Yeah. So the engagement and the connection can become so much more real. Yeah. And you know, my advice to any brewery out there, and you guys are doing it great, and, and 12 Fox is doing it great, yeah. is making yourselves available to create a connection with people yeah. that Bud Miller Coors just cannot do, and arguably a lot of others, do you're not rolling into Wagenhaller or however you pronounce that name yeah it's the head brewer i'd like to say hi i mean like bag yeah. of dicks is right over there get to work yeah you know i mean it's just not happening he's busy
0: right. she's busy whoever it is and also they're just not in that mode right and i think that's really fun and it's something that we really enjoy even here is like we have a great time my brother and i talk about it all the time as big as we get we still want a shift behind the bar. We want to bartend. We want to talk to people about beer. I mean, we love craft beer. That's why we do this. Sure. Um, and so it's fun to get behind bar. And you know, the bigger this place gets, the more we get pulled into the back of house, and we're going through financials, and we're filing paperwork, and we're doing all this stuff. But those shifts, where like him and I get behind bar, we were even talking about like like having like a brothers' night behind bar one day. Oh, a week, yeah. We're like, we're here. Anybody and everybody who wants to come by and hang out and just cheap the shit with us and talk to us about what beers are coming up and why'd you do it this way? And uh, we love showcasing and sharing all the work that we put into the products and we like hearing how people feel about it. Do they like it? Do they want something else brewed again that we brewed in the past? Should we bring it back? And it's like, we get that feedback and we listen and we bring those beers back because like ultimately we want people to enjoy this place. We want them excited about it. And it's like, how hey, are you tax. Gonna discount? Oh, being there talking to the people that are directly supporting you and enjoying your product it's amazing sales and tax people here you go you're gonna you're gonna call up nomadic you're gonna
1: say we want a happy hour at a discount but only if the brothers are behind the bar and then we'll run the books for that week there it is there it is you guys get behind (laughs) the bar they get some free drinks they got to run some numbers do a quality job sign still delivered that part's done easy breezy and then the comeback. Boom. People get quality time. That's it. Folks, the movie's over. Here's Dang. my... I know. and we, we hit on it so much. People are always like, you missed my favorite part. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but by all means. I'm so sorry I missed your favorite part.
0: Yeah, how do you choose? It's how such do a good you movie.
1: Right so, last couple questions for you here. I know you're busy. And sure. It's, uh, last couple of your, One, um, beers... Coming out, the next round of beers coming out. Ooh. What are you excited for? Like, what's Give us, give us a little taste of, of what you're excited for. Cool. Uh, and then, B, you know, you've got a, a round trip ticket anywhere in the world. Where are you going? All expenses paid. You, you're going to take a month. You're going to go anywhere, but you're there for a month. Done 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 i've given
0: some thought to this <laughs> can you tell he's exactly. like like i bought my lotto tickets thinking this exact question <laughs> that's it man uh so as far as the beers um uh, i think one that we have that we've been working on for a really long time and it's finally going to be getting transferred out of barrels is we did our first ever uh so barrel aged project so for people who aren't familiar with Sotol, it's a local uh there's a spirit company called desert door and i believe they are located in dripping springs and i believe they're the only distillery in the united states making this product it's somewhat popular in mexico um, but it's something that they're doing right here in dripping springs Um, and they gave us a bunch of barrels to have fun with and so we did a saison that we aged in these so tall barrels and like it's a little bit limey and a little bit citrusy but it's got this really nice like charred oak and bourbon character And we brewed this really complex Saison, it's been aging in these barrels for several months now. And it's about ready to be pulled out and put into the bright tanks for carbonation, and we're going to be releasing those into 500 milliliter bottles, I believe. Um, That beer is going to be awesome. It's something that we've never done before and we're really excited about. Um, And then I would say another beer that we're really pumped up about is... uh, We just did a New Age Pale Ale that's coming out. And so the first pale ale that we did was uh, reminiscent of Sierra Nevada Pale. It was the first craft beer that my brother and I both ever drank. I think our stepdad drank it, so we got into a bottle or two. Um, But we always loved that beer, and so we had originally done one like that. But my brother really wanted to do a New Age Pale Ale, which is less resinous, less malty, more bright and citrusy um and just kind of overall more crushable Mm -hmm. uh so i think we're gonna we're gonna have that one coming out here in the next couple weeks as well so those are the two nice and travel we got one month that's it travel travel i'm going new zealand there's so oh, great much hunting, going great fishing. In New do they have breweries there? And I'm—I'm I'm being I'm facetious, sure. but I'm, they've got to, right? <laughs> I, I don't know any, but I'm sure I would find some. Please. And uh, yeah, I just think like there's islands, and you could kayak around the islands, and then you could go in and do some fishing, and then there's mountains, and there's so much there. Uh, I've never been, but I've always wanted to go. I would. Love right.
1: to, I'm, I'm with you on New Zealand. I think that's a—that's a great call. And yeah. folks, with that. Austin Powers, international man of mystery. There is no mystery to the great beer here at Nomadic Beer Works. Come by, check them out. Uh, We will be posting some more stuff uh, about their beers and what's going on. Let me know. Anytime you got some beers coming, I'll mention them on the podcast, obviously. And uh, we'll, we'll get some people trying them and having some fun. And now is your favorite time of the podcast, party people. When my daughter sings about the first time she took a shit by herself, she will sue me later in life and that is okay. Until then, we'll enjoy this. So thanks so much for the time. I know you're busy. I know this is uh, crazy and uh, for business owners can be an extremely stressful time. So to to take a moment and and take that stress and, and business off your shoulders and enjoy a conversation with me is uh is, is greatly appreciated so thank you very much
0: yeah thank you i appreciate being on the podcast and getting to share a beer with you
1: absolutely well we will uh we'll keep up promoting and pushing you guys and trying to save as many uh texas breweries as we can as we uh, cycle out of this pandemic so with that thank you sir everyone thanks for listening enjoy have a wonderful day and it's uh song song time bye